Hey, this is Cultivating Wellness Media. I'm your host, Lara Ashley, and I'm obsessed with all things business, marketing, and wellness. I'm a habitually leap of faith kind of girl, leaning in and saying yes wherever feasible. This has led me on an incredible journey, both personally throughout the world and professionally, from acting to the always evolving digital advertising world. Throughout our time together on this podcast, I'll bring you insights from leaders in the advertising, data science, and wellness industries to transform your brand presence and most importantly, your business returns. Think of this as your insight into the leap of faiths of others to propel your next adventure. So get ready to be challenged and take action. This is Cultivating Wellness Media. Hey, Trailblazers. This is Laura Ashley with Cultivating Wellness Media. And today I'm really excited to get to bring on a newly amazing forming friendship that I have growing from from an amazing woman that I met uh, in the Entrepreneurista League. And her name is Maggie Galinsky. And did I did I nail that, Maggie? I you am did. bad you at nailed it. Awesome. <laughs> so what really drew me to Maggie and what our friendship has continue to blossom over is that the fact that both of us kind of have similar backgrounds as well as reasons for starting our individual companies. And Maggie is a highly accomplished advertising leader. I am going to get to brag on her for a little bit since she (laughs) might not do it for herself. She has managed some of the most memorable brands in the world. She has worked with Gatorade, Tropicana, Intel, Dannon, ExxonMobil, and Toyota. I love the diversity that she's had and the various campaigns and brands that she's worked with because it really helps her have a grasp on all sorts of different audiences that she's had to target and different ways that those brands and companies make her think. Not only has she worked with those brands, but over the years, she has managed brand campaigns that have won awards. She has managed campaigns that have won one show award, Clio, which is a huge award, and the Cannes Lions Awards. Both of those amazing. I remember my parents getting some Clios when I was a kid, and that was so cool and so fun. After doing all of that and working at global ad agencies for over 10 years, she decided to leave that world. She wanted to follow her passion and her dreams. She became a mom, which is something we also bond over. And she decided to open her own company and become a female founder. Her company is Wrinkles Content Studio. She also just did a rebrand for it, which I loved seeing that evolution and she'll dive into it. Um, And her mission is to really deliver high quality work and strategic thinking that would typically be given to large, you'd see from larger agencies, but at a fraction of a cost and to really ambitious founders that are passionate about their companies. So I just love her. I also love how diverse her interests are because she is super obsessed with words, which is something that comes through in her work. She is an amazing strategist, writer, but she loves books, podcasts, TV show binging, and she has just mastered the art of multitasking motherhood, entrepreneurship, and 
getting in some of those favorite hobbies and habits that she loves to do. I mean, Maggie, you are a well-developed woman. I love it. I don't know where you find the time, but I know that there must be some sort of system that you're using to make it all work. (laughs) So hi, Maggie. (laughs) Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me and for that intro. That was so kind. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am just, I mean, there's so many places I'd love to start, but I I think first and foremost, let's start with Wrinkles Content Studio. So tell me about what was like the evolution to start the company and then what made you decide to rebrand just recently? You just launched it. What was it? A mo- less than a month, month ago or yeah, six weeks or ago, ago, something yeah. like that. So kind of those two evolutions, because you're about three years in, is that correct? A little over two years. It feels okay. like three. Sometimes it feels like <laughs> 10. Sometimes it feels like six months. <laughs> but yeah, so a little over two years ago, the big shift that really happened is we welcomed our first kid. Um, so really, I went on maternity leave, was in the bliss and also the craziness of having a newborn. But it really gave me the time to step away from my current job and look at my career, look at what I have loved doing, what I maybe haven't been gravitating towards as much recently, and really just step back and see, okay, I've always had these dreams of going off on my own, you know, writing a book, doing a whole bunch of stuff. I wasn't really going after any of them because I was so focused on my work and my career. I was just constantly grinding, constantly hustling. And I really, you know, wanted to set an example for my son. I was holding him in my arms and I'm like, I want him to go after all of his dreams, but then I'm sitting here and not doing that for myself. So really took a step back and said, okay, I love advertising. I love being in this field, especially love content in the digital space, but I just haven't been um, loving what I've been doing as much. So really going off my own, creating Wrinkles Content Studio gave me a chance to have more freedom um, and more control over what I'm working on, who I'm working with, when I'm working, how I'm working, where I'm working. So it really was first and foremost for my family. So being able to carve out the time, the flexibility to be with them when they need me. But then second, I wanted to be able to take all this experience I've had in these big global agencies with these massive Fortune 500 companies and take that to ambitious founders that are trying to grow themselves. Maybe someday down the road, they want to be as big as a Gatorade or an Intel, um, but they're only a few years out and they're, they're needing help getting to that next level. So really want to take my experience. What was super interesting when I, especially when I worked with Gatorade, we learned ways, especially on social, to be super nimble. We didn't always have these big, massive budgets that you maybe would think, you know, these big clients would have. And so I know how to get good content out that resonates with an audience without spending millions of dollars. Um, so I knew I could take that knowledge and help these smaller companies, more mid-sized companies that are trying to grow that don't have endless bank accounts of millions and millions of dollars to spend on advertising and really just wanted to be energized with who I was working with and the amount, the people I've met, these founders, they give me so much excitement and energy for my own company when I meet with them. They're just completely, you know, in love with what they're doing. They have so much ambition and I just love feeding off that energy and being able to collaborate with them. So that's really where uh, Wrinkles Content Studio got started. Um, So again, that was about July of 2021. And then fast forward almost exactly two years later, really when I went off on my own, 
I really, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I still <laughs> could argue, I, you know, I'm, I'm still learning as I go. I'm forever going to be learning as an entrepreneur. But in the beginning, it was just get a simple website up. I had, you know, a logo, a few colors. It, it, it was like, just get up whatever I had and really work my network. And so the first two years, and even still now, so much of my work is very strongly referral based. And so most people I was working with, I don't even know if they even knew I had a website. Like I was finding them through friends of mine, or maybe it was people I already knew in the past that now had their own business. And it was all relationship based. So my website, my branding wasn't as, you know, important. Now coming from the advertising world, and you know this too, branding is huge and it can really make or break whether or not someone even reaches out to you in the first place. So I feel like once I got my company going, once I got my feet on the ground, kind of knew what I was doing and more started focusing on, focusing on, okay, who's my target audience? Who do I, you know, who am I trying to attract? All the, the core basic marketing things we, we need. I started doing that for myself. And so part of that was, okay, I want to have a brand. I want to have a website that reflects who I am and also reflects the target audience I'm going after. And then I started seeing over, especially this year, a lot of ways I was meeting people wasn't necessarily a direct referral. So I had people landing on my website or finding me elsewhere where their first impression of me was going to be my website and my branding. So it was no longer so driven by oh, just relationships I've had in the past and, you know, meeting people through friends or just working directly with friends. Um, so it was much more like I needed to make sure I was putting myself out there with a good first impression in case someone didn't meet me in the, in the beginning. So that's really where that rebrand came from. And it was just such a great way to re-energize me and recenter myself of like, okay, this is who I am. This is who I'm going after. And it's given me much more focus and more vision now when I go make my own content or when I do a pitch or when I introduce myself to someone, it's just, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And being able to go through that rebranding process really helped me focus in on that. So I'm a huge advocate for strong branding, strong website, having all of that, especially when I focus on content, that is huge for my clients. I always, you know, reinforce for them that they might have amazing content. They might be hitting their audience, but you've really got to make sure essentially all the pieces of the puzzle are, are working together so that no matter where they find you, whether it's through your content or through your website, they're going to have a good first impression and really know who you are as a brand or as a product. Yeah. And they're able to identify that in those various different places, that's you. You know, that's what most of the Fortune right. 500 companies or major brands that you've worked with in the past, you know, you don't even have exactly. to see the product to yes. know that it is that product. Right. Um, and that is a pillar of killer marketing right. branding and, yes, and what we exactly. do. So two things, well, I guess I'll start with one question. I have so many questions yeah. for you. Um, <laughs> I was like, I, since we're on this topic, I think a great first one would be, what are some of the services that you do offer at Wrinkles Content Studio that maybe is what most of your clients come to you for? And then maybe is there a service that you're really loving that you're hoping to grow a bit more of that you used yeah. your rebranding for to, to bring that more to the forefront? 
Yes, absolutely. So I do offer um, a few different services. So I focus on content strategy and content creation or content management across social media, email, and blog. Um, so I have some clients that do all of them, some that are just social, some that are just email. So it's really just based off of what they have in place or what they're trying to get started. Um, from a strategy standpoint, I do a social media strategy. And this, most of my clients start with this. I have some clients that come in and only take a strategy, then they go implement it themselves. Um, but this is so key to making sure what you're doing on social is actually going to work. So I dive into your platform. So what platforms should you be on? Maybe, and I've had a handful of clients that come in that are on a bunch and I actually tell them strategically, let's get you off some of them. You're actually not making as much of an impact because you're spreading yourself too thin across a lot of platforms that aren't gonna give you as much return. So I really lean into what platforms should you be on? That is mainly driven, almost 100% driven by your target audience. Where is your audience at? What do they like doing? What do they like seeing? So that will determine or help determine that paired with your brand, what platforms you should be on. So then once you know your platforms and the question is, okay, well, what do I need to post on the platform? So I really dive into that content strategy, content buckets. These are the pillars you should be focusing on. I give a ton of different post ideas so that you can see how in depth each pillar can go and can really fill out your content. I think I see a lot of brands focus too hard on selling. And a lot of times it's important to sell. We want to do that. We want to make sure people know your products or your services, but it could be a detriment if you're overselling. Um, just think about yourself as a user. I don't love following other brands or influencers or whoever who are just constantly selling. I want to feel like I'm a part of a community so I want to get advice. I want to get insights. I want to get a peek into your life or what it's like behind the company or the brand. So really outlining all the right content buckets specific to the client. So once you have that, then the question is, okay, what does the content look and sound like? So I really outline based off your brand, how should your brand appear visually? So your look and feel on social, and then how do you sound and come up in your messaging? So how do you talk? Are you funny? Are you more serious? Are you lighthearted? Are you sarcastic? It really ties back to who the company is, who the brand is. Um, a lot of brands may already have their brand messaging outlined. So it's just taking that, aligning with it and and crafting it to be right for social. So that's the main um, strategy I provide. I also do a high level content calendar of here's moments you should be hitting on throughout the year. I give best practices, um, overviews on how to do measurement and analytics. So that is my strategy I provide. Again, sometimes I work with clients and help implement that strategy. Other times they'll just take it and run with it with their team. Um, and so the clients then that I do more of a monthly engagement afterwards that can really vary based off what they need. So for some clients, I offer and can do everything. So your email, social blog, all of them are just one, but I will create everything from start to finish. So my team will come in, we'll create all the graphics, we'll do all the messaging, we'll get things posted, we'll do the engagement, we'll do the metrics reports to the point that you don't even have to touch it if you don't want to. Um, I'm very big on collaborating, so I want to stay closely involved with the founders, their team, to, to where it feels like we're a part of the team. but. I know so many founders, I feel it myself sometimes where you just have so much going on. You're like, just someone please come do this for me because I don't have the capacity to even think about it, let alone do it myself. So 
that's one of my services. But then I, I kind of have a scale. So I have some clients that maybe they love to do writing or they love to capture video or they already have a lot of that on hand just naturally with their business. I then take that more, just finalize it and help it get it out the door with best practices. Um, so it's more of a partnership where we create content together. And then my other service, which this would help answer your second question, I think this is a newer service I've brought on that I love doing, where I, I meet a lot of founders who already have a team or a team member or maybe even an intern, someone or themselves, they love doing the content, they love getting it out, but they just need direction. So what I do is just provide more of a content mentorship. So I'm more of a monthly mentor. I'm there where I do your overarching content calendar. I say, here's what you should be posting, what you should be focusing on. And then I just give them insights and feedback throughout the month. So they they create everything likely however they were creating it before we had a chance to meet. They keep doing it, but now they have more direction, more strategy behind what they're doing. So that's a newer service I brought in within the past month or so when I, when I rebranded and just giving me a chance to engage with a lot more founders, which has been awesome. Yeah, I love that. I haven't come across that service really before um, from an agency level. I've come across like maybe a business coach or a, a social media coach or something like that. But that's different than when it's coming through the agency level so that maybe someone is only at the, the place where they they want someone to mentor them. And then they decide either, okay, now I get it and I can do it on my own or actually, thank you. But now I'd like to not focus on this anymore and you do this for me. <laughs> right, um, right. That's really cool and really like a great way to, in a sense, like give back, which I know is a, a big part of your heart and soul as well, is yes. like how can you help give back or or even like empower and, ingro- and groom the next generation of, of people that are coming up in the industry. The other part that I love about your company is that Wrinkles is, and I'm not fully remembering the story, but I did read it and I love it and where <laughs> the name came from yes. and that it really has like a historical touch point and something really heartfelt to it. So could you like give us a little backstory about where your, your company name came from? Yes, of course. I get this question all the time. I know it's such a unique name of wrinkles. Everyone, you know, I'm sure instantly think about wrinkles on your face or your skin. Um, But it's honestly one of my favorite questions because I love sharing the history. So wrinkles is actually a family name. So my great, great aunt, her name was Helen Wrinkle. She's an incredible woman. So back in the 1930s, she actually was a total boss herself and paved the way as an entrepreneur way, way back. So she's actually a pharmacist and opened a family pharmacy, which was called Wrinkles Pharmacy in St. Joe, Missouri, which is about an hour north of Kansas City, which is where I'm from. It was completely unheard of, especially back in the 30s for female founders, let alone in the pharmacy industry. So she really opened it as a way, as you mentioned, of giving back. So a lot of that stems for me back, you know, all throughout my family, too. And so she really saw this need of a lot of families and people in her community were not getting the medicine they needed. So she said, you know what, I'm just going to open my own uh, store. She ran it. We had it open for over 85 years. I have so many memories as a kid going there. Um, They had just like a really cool old fashioned um, counter that you would sit at. They would do an old fashioned soda machine. Like I, my grandpa took it over and then my uncle took it over from there. 
her pharmacy was the first pharmacy to have a drive through west of the Mississippi. And so now they're just like so intuitive to have drive throughs everywhere you go. So it was incredible. She was a huge, uh, she had such a huge impact on her community. It was just this place that everyone knew. I still, we still have family there and we go back and everyone is like, oh my gosh, your wrinkles pharmacy. So even though it's not around anymore, there's just so much there. So being able to help honor her and take the name wrinkles has been such an honor for me. So yeah, so there's a lot of history there. There's definitely entrepreneurship that runs in the family. So it's been so fun to kind of follow her journey. Definitely not in the pharmacy industry. I could never do that. It's not my world. Um, But being able to at least take that name and keep it going has been really incredible for me. Yeah. And kind of take that trailblazing entrepreneurship to the next level with the name. That's so fun and cool. Yes. I, um, (laughs) yes, I love that so much. And what, what a fun opportunity that you got to have so many memories at that location as well. So cool. So cool. I hope to have created something like that for my daughters one day. Right. Yes. I know it's in, (laughs) exactly. It's so inspiring. And to think, I mean, almost a hundred years ago, I can't even imagine trying to start a business then, you know, my world, social blog and email, none of that existed. Um, (laughs) So just, it's so, it's so amazing to see her story and just what an impact she had and such a trailblazer. It's the perfect word for her. I love that. And now, okay, just so to hop back to this mentorship, because I'm really digging this, this component that you've added to it. What is like maybe one or two things that when you, I'm sure it's different with every person, but is there anything that really stands out in the mentorship arena that, that you pass along or guide people with in their journey of learning about how to either set up the strategy or whatever happens in that? That's yes, of course. I think the biggest thing that helps and what I hear from so many founders that I connect with is this struggle of what do I post? Either they've been posting for so long that they're more burnt out of like, I just can't even think of stuff anymore because I've done it so many times or um, more of just don't not even knowing where to start. Like, I know I need to be posting. I want to do it. I just, my mind goes blank. And this happens to me too, where I'll sit down and even create, sometimes it's tougher to create stuff for myself than it is for other people. And so I'll, I've had those moments so I can relate of you sit down and you're like, oh, I'm going to make all these posts and your mind literally just goes blank. Um, so I help just look at their business and their brand from more of an outside perspective to say, here's, one, let's think about your audience. Who are they? What are they looking for? Why are they following certain brands and what do they want from the brands? And then really diving into, okay, how can you create that content? And what do your posts actually look like? Should you be tapping into reels? What are What's trending right now? So just giving them the calendar and then just overall guidance of here's ideas for you. Every time I help provide that, they can just hit the ground running. It's more just that idea generation, but being there, giving the ideas that are on strategy and on brand for them. Because there are so many trends going around, so many memes that it can feel like, oh, now I need to do this. Now I need to do this, where you're actually more just following the trends and and what people are doing, not necessarily thinking about your audience. So your audience might not really care about this one trend. So when you do that post, that's probably why it's not going to perform well. Um, So it's really just still having that strategy in mind, but giving you the guidance of here's what to post. And then I'm there to look at your analytics to say, 
oh, hey, this one area is doing really well. Let's do more of that. And then you see that in next week or next month's calendar or something like that. I love two points that you touched on there is one, the data end that you ended there. That is so important. And I think a lot of earlier stage brands don't really realize how important that is and how much that can inform what they should continue to post or what they should maybe stay away from, not stay away from, but maybe it's not really hitting with their audience. And two, that you really look at their audience and that you look at like not only their audience, but who their audience is following and who their audience is interested in. Um, cause that can give you so much information. And I know that's what I do with tons of clients is not is to deal with that audience identification and look at who their audience is interested in. And is there an audience that maybe they're not speaking to that, they should start engaging with and speaking to and creating that community with because they're already there, but you're not acknowledging them. And so there's a whole set, there's this whole set of people that want to be part of your community that are showing up, but you're just not realizing they're there and talking to them. And it sounds like you really are in very intentional with, if at your mentorship level, then I'm certain that you're that way with your you know, full-time <laughs> clients at making yes. sure you engage. And I know personally, some of the, some of the people that you work with and I, uh, and do their stuff for, and I love what <laughs> you, you put out, you know, you work with them to put out there and it, it really attracts and identifies. I would be that client's target audience. So it attracts and identifies me. And Perfect. so I, I see, <laughs> And I I engage with it and I see and know um, the value that comes out of it. And, and I think it's also so interesting that you, you talk about how, how hard it is to do it for ourselves sometimes. Like even maybe if we have as, as agency owners or as brands or lifestyle companies, because I know you primarily work with uh, companies that are focused in the lifestyle field, they may have the bandwidth or they may have someone on staff or they may have the love of doing it. But when you go to do it for yourself, it's so different and it's it's so so much harder (laughs) because you know too much about you. Like, you know too much about your brand and then and then you're either like my my language is too ingrained in my industry and it won't connect with my audience. And how do I make it more relatable or I have so many ideas. I want to post them all right now. Which one do I start with? And then, in, or today I'm going to do this one and tomorrow I'm going to do this one. And that also doesn't land because right. your audience needs to go on a little bit more of that journey with you. You know, you got to right. let them have that breathing room. And um, the other thing you mentioned is some, when a brand is kind of like exhausted all of their, what they feel they can post about or starting to feel burnt out, what they often I'm sure you come across forget is that their audience hasn't seen every single one of those posts. 
So there you may, there's probably a lot of opportunity to use something they've already used, but say it in a different way or refilm it or re, you know, rebrand, not full rebrand, but put it in a different color. If it's a carousel, put different, the, the alternative colors that they have for their branding and make it fresh because either it will be useful reminder or it will connect with someone totally different that might not be going deep, deep, deep into your uh, social page when coming to social. Yes, I am such a huge advocate for repurposing. Like that, I think, is so often overlooked that I'm always talking to my clients and other founders of like repurpose what you have. You'd be surprised how much you already have, especially if you've already been doing emails. If you have a podcast, there's so much you can repurpose from podcast. You know, if you're if you've been doing social for years, go back to a couple years ago, see what worked well then. More than likely you're gonna have to tweak it in some way because the platform has changed, but the content is there. So that's also where I think analytics comes in big too, yes. is by doing your analytics definitely at least a quarter. I like to peek at them every month knowing what has been performing well and like overarching this, you know, content bucket does well, but I mean, deeper of this specific post kills it. And this topic kills it every time repurpose it. Just keep putting that message out there because like you mentioned, if you repost it six months later, you have new followers, new people that haven't seen it before. So for them, Mm -hmm. you're going to have another shock of like, oh, this post is fantastic. And it might be the exact same thing picked up again. I'd probably recommend tweaking it a bit, make sure it still works well for the the platforms, but the content and the purpose of it is there and it saves you so much time. It's going to save you money, like whether that's actually paying someone or just time being money like that. It it's huge. So I'm so big on repurposing. You'd be surprised how much content you're already sitting on and just being able to reuse it is is so big, especially for those who feel tired that they've like worn out of every single post idea they could ever think of. Go back and look at those again. I also hear a lot of times that people are afraid or they feel like they're just saying the same thing over and over again. It does not feel like that to the users or people scrolling because they're going through so much content from all these other brands, all these other followers, their mom, their grandma, everyone posting. They don't pick up the messages or they don't live in it as much as you do. So honestly, if you feel like you're a broken record, it's it's probably a good thing. Um, you know, I, I can always help and let you know if, okay, maybe it is a little too heavy handed mm-hmm. on the selling or something, but it is good to repeat those messages because the more you can hit them with it, the more they'll remember it. Cause likely that first time they might engage, they might love the post, but I don't know that it's going to stay in their mind. And so all you're doing is just helping remind them down the road. So I'm always big on, on repurposing. <laughs> well, and I, I imagine you came across that a ton with all the major brands that you've worked with. I mean, they, they yes. legit for over 10 or 20 years have been saying the same message, same message. but sh- right. showing you a different visual. Like yes. It yeah. We just—it's the, the same, same message. message. We just have a different way of saying it. So it might be that we're hitting you on a different platform in a different place, or it's just a, a new visual, maybe a new video that goes with it. Where last time it was a graphic, or maybe I mean, it, some of these brands have the same tagline for hundreds of years. Nike. <laughs> like, they don't. I worked yeah. with Nike for a long, long there time, and Nike yes. is so, legit. Has- such a great brand to look at, and how I often go to their content just to see how they do it. They're experts in what they do. They're experts in branding and knowing who they are.
are, who their audience is and talking to them. So I mean, you know, just sometimes following those brands that are in your space, maybe they're lookalike brands, maybe they're not even true competitors, but I'm big on who, who else is going after your target audience. It might be, you might be, a, um, I don't know, skincare line, but Nike's hitting the same audience you are. So yeah. go see how they're doing. How are they engaging? Um, so I love Nike. I will forever be a Nike fan yeah. just because they're yeah. so good at their marketing and their branding and everything they do. So I, yeah. I know I know we've geeked out before on Nike, but <laughs> it's such I a great example to bring up. Just recently heard, who knows where I heard it, because it's like, was it a podcast? Was it a show? Was it social media? I don't remember anymore. But I just recently heard someone talking on something that was saying, if t- if today, let's say today, Nike opened a hotel you would like, you can envision and know exactly what that hotel yeah. would be like. Like Absolutely. you could totally understand what and that I'm hotel is. I'm booking a room. I'm going. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and it's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be fun. And, Absolutely. But what was an interesting analogy they placed it against is if Hyatt, no knocking Hyatt, but if Hyatt created a shoe today, I cannot envision what that shoe would look like. No, like, no. <laughs> because their branding is, because they have so many companies underneath, their branding is so kind of dissipated in a sense. And Nike does have tons of brands underneath it, but it is so strong in their like overarching key branding and marketing. Like you can envision yes. it. And I just thought that was yeah. such a nice correlation between two really large companies that- yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah, I would it like way. it's yeah. made me think for days about <laughs> I <love> that. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, you know, I think another thing that that we both enjoy is is reading and podcasts. Now, mind you, you are wonderful, and I love that you have tangible books and somehow find time to read tangible <laughs> books. I'm an Audible listener myself, okay. and that. it is the way that I am able to consume, and and I'm glad for the service and the platform so that I can. consume consume that way um, and get more. But, and I, what I also love is that you are a content creating studio, but your newsletters that you send out are so awesome. Like I am a self-proclaimed, I'm not so great in opening emails. Like if they're work emails, (laughs) I open them personal emails. Like I'm the one that has like 30,000 unopened emails in my personal email. It's really rough. (laughs) And I get so excited for your newsletter every week because it is very heartfelt, personal, gives you little nuggets professionally, but also it's just like fun. And you do a little bit about what's going on in the world, a little bit about uh, like in pop celebrity world or something like that, maybe some podcasts, some books, like you really have a, a dynamic branding that you've created both for your personal brand and for your company. And it makes it so interesting and engaging and wants people to keep showing up. And I just, I'm fangirling over here over that, but I just love, (laughs) I love, I love doing the newsletter. So it's, and it, it is very personal for me. So I'm glad that all comes across. So that means so much to hear you say that it's, it is fun. And it's just, it's all about content without it being to, I don't know, I try not to be preachy of like, do this, do this, do this. It's very much like, here's what's going on in my life. Here's some content tips that you can take all trying to be relevant to what's going on in either pop culture or, or just things in society. Um, but then I always end it of like, 
I'm just constantly consuming things like content over here, whether it's a book, a podcast, an article. Uh, uh, sometimes it's so bad. I'll have it. I'm listening to a podcast as the TV's on in the background. I'm like, what, what am I doing? <laughs> so it's maybe too much, but I just love content. And it is so fun for me. So I always try to share just some nuggets on things that I've enjoyed recently. So whether it's a book and podcast episode and um, TV show. And it's, it's been fun to write. So I love to hear that, that you enjoy it. It's so much fun. The conversations I have with people after them of like, Oh, I'm watching this too. Or I just read this book. We have to talk about it. Like, I just love gabbing with people about the latest shows or, or podcasts and stuff. So I'm always looking for Rex, always looking to talk to people about it. So it's been fun to do that through a newsletter. Yeah. And I think it's so great because it shows a, a depth to your personality when, uh, and to your brand when, people are considering, maybe they're not a client yet, and they're considering reaching out and finding someone. It differentiates you in such a wonderful way that you really have a pulse on what's happening, um, not only in pop culture or in content creation or whatever it may be, but you also have a really strong understanding of who you are and what you like. And you're kind of like, this is who I am. This is what I like. And I'm putting it out there. And you want to chat about that as well. And yes. I think that probably is drawing more people to you. And I think in this day and age, a lot of people are afraid to do that. Yeah. And that's yeah. a big reason they don't show up on social platforms or in newsletters because they don't want to, they're, they don't want to stand firmly in who they are as much because yeah. they're afraid of the reaction that they're going to get. Yeah. And it, it can be hard. And truly, that has been a journey for me as well. I'd say a couple years ago, I would have never put stuff out like this. And <laughs> it's just been a journey of me truly just discovering, okay, here's who I am. I like, this is it. And take it or leave it. If you're not interested in it, like, that's probably fine. We probably wouldn't like click or be friends anyways. So I'm okay if you unfollow me or whatever. Yeah. I have a personal account on Instagram that's literally just dedicated to books. I'm a huge book nerd. I'm not afraid to tell people that. It lights me up to talk to people about books and what they're reading, what they enjoy or following a ton of authors and just seeing what they're doing. I love that world. I have another dream of doing and opening a bookstore someday. So I just like dive into it. I'm like, this is me. I love books. Um, I honestly have a lot of clients that sometimes hesitate to put themselves in front of social um, or in front of their brand where I really see improvement in analytics, the way things are performing, the way people engage. Yeah, by putting yourself in the front in and letting people know this is who I am. Um, maybe you'll get some people that are like, ah, eh, not my cup of tea, I'm gonna unfollow, but they probably weren't gonna buy from you anyways. So I'm very big on like, people wanna know, especially now people want community on social media and they feel like they're part of a community if they see you as a founder of like, hey, here's, here's what I'm doing today or here's what's going on. And there are some founders I follow that I love because they're just truly honest of like, ooh, today was brutal. I'm on a roller coaster. You know, they, they show the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. It's not always beautiful and perfect. And that's how entrepreneurship is. So I, I love seeing that. I love following the people who are just like, this is who I am. I love what I do. Here's my passion for it. Um, so that's something I tell my clients all the time. I'm just trying to help coach and get them more comfortable of being in front of the camera 
because it, it can help a lot. And there's still lines you can draw. I'm not big on sharing my kids on social. I never really share their faces. I, I follow every, so many people that do. I wish I would or be more comfortable with it. I'm just not. So that's kind of where I draw the line. But I don't have people unfollowing me. I've never had someone message me of like, why are you showing only the back of his head? Like, <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> So if, if there's a territory where like, oh, I really struggle with showing X, Y, Z or talking about X, Y, Z, you don't have to be 100% an open book and say, right. here's my life and everything good and terrible going on in it. But <laughs> just showing yourself, giving a peek into what your life is like as a founder. I also really advocate for founders having their own platforms in addition to the brand. So there's one I, I follow who's fantastic and she's essentially set herself up as an influencer and she has an accessory line and everything she wears is just promoting her brand without it flaunting it. Like she yeah. just has great style and she loves showcasing that. And then of course, when you go see what she's wearing, it's like, oh, it's your own brand. Now I need to go buy it because I want that necklace. <laughs> um, so I'm huge on founders having and leveraging their own platforms because it can do a ton for you. So as what I've just started doing for myself, I, you're fantastic at it. You do oh, such a great job. So <laughs> I always come across your videos. You showcase so much of just your life, especially in wellness and just yeah. how you live that day to day with your family and it's truly inspiring and to where I'm like oh I need to get my kids out riding riding their scooters way more often um but it makes me love you I already loved you when we met but it makes me love you more and feel like I'm a part of your company and your brand so doing that and really showcasing yourself as a founder can do so much for your brand without you having to just sell just be yourself and let people come to you because of you know who you are yeah, yeah. It it was hard for me to start. I am I'm in that camp of perfectionists that came yes. from the industry and came from yep. big budget part of the industry. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard for me to so start true. showing up and accept the imperfections of any of yep. whatever, me, the video, the background, whatever right. it may be. But I had this awesome opportunity to go to a conference in Scottsdale, and it was Lori Harder hosted it, Girlfriends of Business. Mm-hmm. If you're ever interested in something like that, highly recommend it. It was amazing. Yes. Um, and at it, there was uh, you know a woman that spoke, and she, Jen Gottlieb, spoke about just get out there, be seen. The more often you do it, the better it will get. And she showed us a video. You know, often people will talk about like I was terrible, it was cringy when I first started, blah blah. Blah. But she actually showed us a video of like all the cringe from when she first started like 12 <laughs> years ago and to now. And now she's speaking to rooms of like over 500 or a thousand people. It's yeah, um, amazing. But it was so great because it was like, oh, OK, yeah, no, that video was cringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. That was like <laughs> bad lighting and 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 like bad background and all this stuff, but you just showed up and you just did yeah. it. And yeah. I was like, okay, so that's what I'm going to do. You I'm going to just so lean true. into it. And yes. it's been maybe a month or six weeks now. And it's so true. And of course, having, being a mama, it's comically happened at the same period of time that my kid has started riding bikes and went from training wheels to two wheeler. The cutest thing. <laughs> the cutest. <laughs> and, and so it's really fun to like parallel grow with her. <laughs> Like in totally so different things at totally different times of life. Yeah, but you're we're both like growing up training. together. Yeah. Yes, you're taking up your training wheels together. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and exactly what you're experiencing, it it at the beginning, it's gonna feel cringy. It's likely yeah. gonna 
feel cringier for you than it looks to anybody else. Yeah. But if you just keep focusing on the cringe, you're never going to do it. So then it's never, you're never going to grow your brand. It could be, you know, hindering how much your brand's growing, but the more you do it, the less cringy it starts getting. It becomes more natural. You just start naturally doing it to where after a few weeks, few months, and then especially a few years, it's just going to be intuitive to what you do. I'm like, oh, I need to share this. So the more you do it, the more you practice, it starts to feel less cringy. I, I have that feeling, too, of the cringe. And it's like, okay, just put it out there. Sometimes <laughs> I say put it out there and just literally never look at it again. And then you'll forget how cringy it was. Because There's sometimes I don't I'll it. usually record on my phone and then add it. I don't usually yes, record in Instagram. The There's yeah. a few times that I'll record it. And then I'm like, don't even look at it. Just yes. put it. Just go. Yep. And that, and then I'm like, and then walk away from your phone. Like, yes. just don't <laughs> that's look at that. it. <laughs> yes. Well, it's so funny bringing it up. I think it was last week, maybe my newsletter, I gave tips or maybe it was a couple of weeks ago. I gave tips on if you feel cringy doing your own stuff, like here's what you can do. And so a few of those literally just post, don't look at it again. I know people <laughs> that capture content out in public there, I give them so much props because yeah. that makes me feel even cringier uh-huh. to do for myself. But it's just think about your end goal. Your end goal is all the people following you who want to see that, not necessarily the random people sitting next to you at the restaurant who maybe are giving you weird looks. So yeah. focus on that. I had someone give me the tip one time, another female founder. She's amazing. She said, um, if you're struggling, you want to get this post out, you know, you need to, you're struggling with how it looks, just make it black and white. And it, it takes away a lot of the pressure. And I was like, this is amazing tip. So I naturally, the black and white kind of leans into my brand a little bit. So I'll do of that course. all the time. Whether or not I even like the photo with or without, sometimes they just look cooler in black and white. So it's there are true. different things you can do to help alleviate some of the cringe. But the biggest thing is just do it. Going back to Nike, literally just yeah, do it. Just do it. And the more you do it, the more you get comfortable and you'll start feeling less cringy. And if you don't ever, I promise the people who are seeing your content love it and they want you to keep doing it, even if you feel cringy as you do it. So yeah. put it out there. The world wants to see it. I'm I'm so big on the founders being front and center. Yeah. And, and I agree. And I think you, you would also stand by this is that put it out there, but make sure you know who you're talking to. Like, yes. Oh, make yes. Sure Thank you for that you, clarification. <laughs> yes. Don't yes. just put anything out there. <laughs> Don't just put whatever. Like, yes. make sure it is speaking to who your audience is you. and yes. that you've already done that work of identifying, whether it's for your specific brand or your personal yeah. being front and center, that you know who you're yeah. speaking to and that you, you've really fleshed out who that ideal client is or those yeah. varying audiences are so that you can really make sure that you can take them on a journey of your personal self and your brand all at once. And they want to come to you for something, for for your reason. Yes. Um, I think would be my biggest piece of advice for all brands. Couldn't agree more. I think everything, especially in the content world, social, email blog, it all comes down to who's your audience. You have to know them in and out, know everything about them, know what they're searching so that you have those keywords in your content. First, know what you're doing or know who you're talking to, then determine, okay, what are, you know, what can the posts then be around that and plan your post out and then hit the cringy part that you'll work on and feel more comfortable with over time of actually creating that content. And not every single post has to have the founder in it, but being able to pop up in stories or have occasional photography um, that you're showcased in, it really does go a long way. Um, But yes, it's all about who are you talking to and making sure you're crafting your content around them. 
Absolutely agree. And I think that is a perfect place for us to wrap up today. I have gotten so many, for me, personal amazing nuggets of of things that I'm going to take throughout the rest of this day. (laughs) You have been a a spot of sunshine in this very gloomy, rainy Houston day here for us. And (laughs) I have so appreciated (laughs) my time with you. I can't wait to continue developing our relationship. I can't wait to maybe have yes. you come on another time as you get further I would along. I love into... that. Thank you. Yes. And I just want to tell all those business owners out there that are in lifestyle, wellness, or any sector that you're um, hoping to develop, keep blazing that trail. You will get there. It takes time, but just keep keep one step in front of the other, get up and do those crunchy things. And we cannot (laughs) wait to talk to you next time. So thank you so much, Trailblazers. You have a great day. I'm sending you a virtual hug because you've just reached the end of another incredible episode of Cultivating Wellness Media. Time sure flies when you're diving into inspiring content, doesn't it? If you're hungry for more or eager to share your own wellness journey, I invite you to reach out to me on Instagram. Don't forget to visit the show notes for all the necessary contact details. Keep cultivating your well-being and spreading that positive energy until we meet again. Thank you for joining me on this trailblazing adventure.